Hey, Matt. Hey, Peter. It's nice to pretend that we just jumped on a call after spending an hour on Wi-Fi and laptops and microphones. You just ruined the just ruined the surprise. <laughs> <laughs> the the secret. Yeah, it's it's true. That was it was and still is miserable. But if anyone listens to this episode, it's a miracle. Yeah, this is um, this is quite the thing. I am now on a different laptop and in a different room than when I started this fiasco. But here we are. <laughs> We're pros after 50 episodes. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, you'd you, think so. You know, like, I just got the email that our domain name was about to expire. And uh, it's because we've been doing this for almost a year. Wow. Which is uh, something. So I should pay for year two of the domain, right? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we're going to alternate? Yeah, maybe. I don't know if they have a feature for that. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> but it's such a, a pleasure to record with you every week, so I think I'm happy to cover their domain costs. We have. Aw, well, uh, it's a, my pleasure as well. And here we are, folks. They do get you, though. You They do get you on year one. It's so much cheaper than year two. Oh, you get, okay. like, fancy domains like .fm. Okay. Well, they know it's stuck. They know it worked. And exactly. <laughs> Smart, actually. They know you want it more now. Yeah. Honestly, I hope none of them, I hope they don't all catch on to this, but I mean, you could charge a lot more for year two of a domain than, than the first if it's active. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Held for hostage. Sure, like, it's, uh, it, it, it almost becomes religion that you need to record every week. Yeah, well, and we made it, so. <laughs> there's, I was just telling Maya in the car that, you know, I mean, there's just been so many times where the easy thing would have just been to not record that day. And I'm pretty proud that we've been doing it for almost a year. It's, it really feels like something like it's not and a lot of things in my life that I've done consistently every week for that long. Yeah, same here. I think I think we're onto something, obviously, and it's been. Uh, I think it's just good complementary skills um, as well. I think you've got you have the willingness to do the uh, a lot of the hard work, honestly, behind the scenes of getting all the files and the editing and all of that together. People think we pay a well. Some people probably think we use some editing service, but it's it's just you, man. So thank you for that. Yeah, I pay and do the editing. <laughs> I don't know. It makes uh, uh, well. Let's for, forget that. Forget that. Forget that. Change, changing subjects. I don't know what the lesson is, but yeah, I don't know. Either. Well, there's no I lesson. Really like this. There's no lesson in that at all. Just keep moving. Nothing to see here. <laughs> yeah. So, like to celebrate our fiftieth episode, I thought we should do an, a good old updates episode. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we. Um, Sticking with consistency. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that's what people are here for anyways. Yeah, exactly. Let's give them more of what they of what they like. Yeah. I um I got a few updates at least. Okay. I think I, I do I too. I got I got a, a sad update and I got a good update. Okay. I think 
you you choose. I, I like sad first usually. Should we get the sad the sad update out of the way? Yeah, I always like to get the bad stuff out of the way. <laughs> That's my style. Yeah. So so you're an investor in in Branch, and you get my my investor email, so you know what this is about, and you also know that one of the goals for May for me has been to cut costs. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason is well documented here on the show, but. Um, WP Pusher took a big hit in April, which made me a bit scared. Um, I think, hopefully, it's not as bad as it maybe appeared a month ago. Um, but it motivated me to spend some time figuring out like where I could save money in the business, which is always good, of course. But it also meant that something that I thought I would have to do later this year i had to do a bit earlier and basically that means that when i brought on bjorn back in january kind of the the agreement we had was that if we got you know through summer and branch hadn't really taken off in the way that it was pretty clear that this thing was going to make money and we kind of found some sort of product market fit or some indication that this would work it would be very hard to have someone, you know, on a, a full-time uh, position because it's a pretty big burn. And most of my own salary is covered by WP Pusher, but his salary is coming out of of the Tiny Seed investment and the investment you and the other angels did mm-hmm. in February. Um, so when COVID hit, and we saw a bit less sign up and also wish took a bit hit. I had to kind of, you know, think about what that meant for the runway and for how confident I felt about this. Um, and I had a talk with Bjorn about it and it was important for me that we found kind of a good solution for both of us. And we, we found out between us that the best solution right now was for him to only work for branch one day a week. And it allows him to do other things, obviously besides branch, which of course is necessary. Um, he, I think he's completely uh, on board with this and understands why it's necessary and, and kind of saw it coming. Um, so it sucks big time because we really enjoy working together. And uh, I'm glad that we found a solution where we can still do that on a weekly basis, but just less hours. Um, and that we found a way that we can make that work for both of us. How, how many days a week was he working before? Four. For you? Four, okay. Well, on paper it's four, but it it. You know, I think none, none of us care about hours for of sure. Course. Right. Um, we barely care about days. Like we just, um, I think we both feel a lot of ownership. Obviously I feel a lot of ownership, but Bjorn also feels a lot of ownership and he's made pretty significant changes to the platform and had a lot of interaction with customers as well. So in general, he feels a lot of ownership as well. And, you know, if he'd been working for four days and something needed to be fixed on day five or that he wasn't done with something, 
he's always just um like he, he's never really cared about that um which is awesome in a startup um the only thing for me has always been to like make sure that if you work more one week i think it's fair only fair that you work less in another week so try to like hold him accountable <laughs> sure in that Stay direction balanced. yeah yeah so um yeah it's okay. kind of like a new chapter for us and we're trying to like work out the practicalities of this um mm-hmm. so all of may for us has basically been trying to wrap up big projects and it it fits kind of nicely with the plan now because we're almost feature complete for all the big stuff that i i want to get done before i feel confident that this is like the right tool okay um and so it 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 works out okay that from june we would kind of go into maintenance mode a bit on the product and small fixes and i think how i think about it is that you know the product is no longer an excuse for why people couldn't use the right why right. we talked about this be the, yeah exactly yep. so like once you know we released team access last week um mm-hmm. and we got some some updates for the kind of like the way we do billing and and the pricing model coming out uh, either this week or next week and we're kind of running out of you know ex- excuses <laughs> so mm. it makes sense to kind of shift into sales and marketing customer development and then obviously like if people start if more people start to use the product and pay for the product more things will need to be fixed um Mm -hmm. and small like tweaks and stuff of course will need to get at it um which is in line with like him working one day a week and me still being full-time obviously yeah um, but it's a bit that sad. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, understandably. It it's I mean, the silver lining is that it fits that shift that you talked about before and, yeah. and it's happening now. Um at the same time I know Bjorn was more than a just a product product developer. He's you know, um had that founder mentality. And oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so it's not quite the same as just saying, oh, I had this contract resource that just worked on product and and now I don't need no. it that much. Um, so it's not, <laughs> the lining isn't that silver, but um, at least it's not, you know, it's nowhere near catastrophic. In fact, the product is in a really good place, uh, best place it's ever been. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I think like it would be in a disaster if this happened, you know, after we, we did our tailwind and view rewrite and sure. maybe added like half of the recipe feature or something like that. Like, yeah, it would have been impossible for me to kind of move on on my own, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to leave the product in a really, really good state and hopefully be able to come back soon. Like, so the, the, the good news <laughs> that I was going to share is that it looks like W pusher is going to have a great month. Um, at least, on par with what I would expect for MA. Okay, that's great. And yeah, that's really great. Um, I'm really glad to see that. And um, that's kind of like the one one thing that need, needed to kind of sort itself out before we could even think about like having someone full-time again. And the other part obviously is, is Branch showing the right signs. So, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Okay. I think I'll keep it clean and, and not ask more questions because I know you had the the the, the good news or the the positive twist at the end. Or... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, the so the way I think about it right now is I actually like it 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 really sucks to have to do this, but when I look at, at the plan for the quarter, it's not it's not terrible. Like it's it's terrible not to have a great developer be able to you know keep improving the product but the the good news is that he's still going to be around um but it it's not like a disaster in terms of what the plan was it means i'll be more busy <laughs> yeah um but that's okay yeah i mean uh branch was around before Bjorn was involved and with him less involved, it's still there. And I mean, you're not at this, you're not at the scaling stage anyway. You're at the learn, yeah. learn and figure out what's not working stage. Yeah. And so I don't, and I'm a, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah, him. I'm a conservative guy as yep. well. So like, true. you know, I, I want to be able to work on branch for a long time. I want to be able to make it work. Um, and it's not, making a lot of revenue right now and on like the personal front like i shared last time that i'm gonna have a child this summer and i want to be able to work on this and i want to be able to do this for as long as it takes and Mm -hmm. and so i just have to be conservative and kind of like step on the brake a bit yeah and he Uh, he understands so Yep. I I'm glad. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to me because I you know, I I take your word for it that like this because of your experience with WordPress and because WordPress is such a big space anyway, you know, you're aware of the need that this fills in the just in in the development um community for, you know, WordPress develop developers. Um, it just seems like it's a critical mass problem on the distribution side where once enough people realize what it is, what it does and how awesome it is, you know, I think the voltage will flip in other words, but you're, you're before that tipping point. And back to your point, we don't know if that's because of some product shortcoming, but we're going to find out. Yeah, I think when you said to me that I was trying to solve for an equation with a zero in it, I think that was spot on. And I think that's still the issue. And I'm still trying to work out where that zero is. And it's like quite a complicated equation. Mm. And it takes a lot of um, computer power to to run, you know, different solutions. But I I think... One thing I actually realized, and I, I, you know, I've talked about this for the past few episodes, is the pricing model we have right now is, is broken. And mm-hmm. in order to change the pricing to the pricing we actually want, we need some underlying change, changes to kind of like our billing system, which we're working on this week and next week. And it'll make it more flexible for us to experiment as well. Okay. And, um, and I actually think think that there is a, a little chance that the the zero that we're seeing is is um 
is related to our pricing. So I'm actually really interested in, in seeing if, if I can, if, if things change once we change the pricing, I don't think that's the only <laughs> thing we need to change. That would be too easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's actually, it's not helping us right now, at least. And you need yeah. a lot of help. You need all the help you can get. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, and pricing is not just the number you put on the product. It's, it's the model. It's the model, right? And that, and I would call that product marketing, which is, you know, how you package it, how you communicate the value, the pricing dimensions. I mean, this is it's a huge area, I think. Yeah. But you can figure out willingness to pay. Maybe one thing I would encourage, and I'm sure you think about this, is like try to tease apart willingness to pay from pricing as yeah. an area where you can always have a better pricing model. You can always have better product marketing, all the things we just mentioned. But willingness to pay isn't there. And I think, I think you kind of have more evidence of that than you do on the exact packaging and pricing. It's like people are maybe people have expressed a willingness to pay, but then yeah, not like been pe- able to because the numbers just don't quite make sense or the packaging. Is that true? The the the, the people that we are trying to get as our customers right now, some of them like have explicitly said that our pricing doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. And they're using our competitor and their pricing works. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So like I kind of just want to copy what that competitor have and not like have price be the differentiator mm-hmm. and have the product be the differentiators instead. Yeah. Okay. Well, and, and you're going to be able to execute on this, um, you know, starting right away, right? Yeah. That's, uh, that's going to be my focus for i mean we're going to release this hopefully next week at latest and then it's going to be my sales and marketing is going to be my hardcore for focus starting next month cool i mean and uh, we'll see how that goes yeah i mean if that works <laughs> if if that works and you make progress on that um things will you know gain momentum and uh yeah. this is this is but a hiccup um like if, if people wanted to pay us right now, it's hard for them. Like, cause right. no matter what they click in our pricing grid, they're going to just going to get a free plan. <laughs> right, right, right. And if someone wants to pay us right away, yeah, they, sh- they, they should be allowed to do that. I would look at it this way. Like if, if this starts to work, you'll have that momentum and, you know, you'll sort of reconstruct the team <laughs> um yeah, and yeah. actually shoot past that very quickly where bjorn's not the definitely not the last he's just the first if this doesn't work itself out quickly if you don't figure this part out um with speed then it was definitely the right decision to do what you did so you know either way yeah um, you know there's there's an optimistic path in both in both um scenarios and and making this decision now earlier is uh, you know, I, th- I feel like you covered the downside of it by knowing that he's still available partially and probably would be excited to uh, ramp back up, you know, if and when yeah, things Yeah, I think going. so. Yeah. Hopefully. And if not, I totally understand. <laughs> of course. Yeah, sure, sure. That's because you're, you're a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. So, yeah, um, the last few weeks in general like just 
felt like there's a tiny bit more usage in the app and more and more people are figuring out how to get their first green built. And um, yeah, cool. so like things are improving, <laughs> which is awesome. good. Yeah, I guess that's my update for this week. Okay. Do you, do you want to go? I do. <laughs> I do. I don't want to keep repeating the things that you, I've talked about, though. You'll have to... You is to, it going to be something about a, a summer party? <laughs> uh, we're not having those in Austin this year. Um, You're talking a lot about summer parties. We're barely able to get outside. Oh, 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 the holiday party stuff? Yeah. Yeah, the holiday p- parties <laughs> in your simulator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I. It's cool. I'm just trolling you. No, it's, it's very I, cool. Much appreciated. I'm trying to deflect the trolling. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm I'm excited because, um, well, it, maybe this is an interesting summary. Like, I am creating new. Huh, I'm re-implementing the features of the last simulator version. So I, I had this version of the simulator. It was you know, several thousand lines of code because it was an implementation in code of a bunch of options and features that people can mm. select or not select, right? So it was all it was all there. And like I said in the last um, podcast, if somebody wanted to be able to do something different, you know, I would have to code that in and then obviously expose it in the... Um, in the UI as well, right? So it's so kind of hard coded. Yeah, it was kind of hard coded. Like you could, pr- it was parameterized, meaning you could pick the values that went into the functions, but the functions yeah, themselves yeah. were had to be written by me. And I replaced, I, I even replaced that with this new model. So um, basically, you can events are also functional <laughs> now where you can essentially pass in a bunch of instructions that you want to execute every so often. Like, so for example, every, like even payroll, for example, is like an event that happens every month, right? And what it needs to do is figure out the number of people you have and multiply by, you know, their salaries, et cetera. Um, And so like, there's some core things that I had to implement, but in a few hundred lines of code, I have a kernel that you can, that supports really like a, you know, pretty arbitrary number of, of things that you can do. So like, for example, one really difficult thing that was, um, that I always wanted to do was have, like with most SaaS companies, uh, people have uh, not just one, not just one channel, right? They have, you know, they have uh, organic um, leads, they have paid acquisition, they've got, maybe they go to conferences or run conferences um, or attend them, they've got webinars. And for the customers that are really um, farther along in their journeys, let's say, of, of building a SaaS company, they are aware of these different channels and they actually try to attribute, you know, where those leads come from to channels so that when somebody comes in, they like they know what's working, like we should invest more in you know, LinkedIn ads or Facebook ads or conferences or whatever. So um, in the first version of the product, I had channels in there, but you only really had two. You had, you know, paid and you had organic. And 
a lot of the numbers were actually blended as well. So like the, con- the conversion rates were going to be the same. Um, the It all got compiled down to basically the same blended funnel, right? Mm. With the new version, since I abstracted the idea of um, lead generation, you can actually create as many funnels as you want <laughs> and describe them all independently and have them all run. And... Um, it is really exciting because it means that like the more you know about your business, like where you acquire leads from, how much they cost, you can add that level of detail to the, to the forecast. Um, or yeah. to the, engine. the less, you know, you can still keep it really generic. Right. So it essentially grows with the customer um, without any additional coding on my part. So basically you can really click, cool. yeah, you can basically click like new channel. Okay. Here's paid right? Here's what it costs. Here's the volume. Here's how often. Here's the number of, you know, here's how often we run campaigns. Here's the number of leads those generate. Here's the cost of each of those. Here's the conversion rates. So a lot of folks have worse conversion rates off of paid than they do off of organic because naturally organic leads come in, you know, with intent potentially, or or it could be the other way around. The point is that they're just, they're different, right? Um, Yeah. So you can now um, assign you know, different parameters and conversion rates and just different everything. You can have as many channels and funnels as you want and it makes no difference to the to the core of the tool. And like this was something that was almost impossible with the last version of the product. Like I, I was not looking forward to doing this. And now because I'm working at a higher level of abstraction, you know, I can still have the user interface make it really um, easy to add these so you know click a button add a new channel it asks you a bunch of pertinent questions you fill out a form you hit save um, so it doesn't have to be hard for the user but the, the code itself just doesn't care you can have as many as you want to and like that <laughs> that is a big deal because um, single channel works fine for the early stages but once you get to several million in, in revenue or beyond you really need to track these things separately and yeah yeah this is it can do it that sounds now. huge it sounds like you could differentiate on the price maybe even oh for sure for sure and and you know adding individual team members like there's um i'm really excited that i'm having to basically i'm trying to get to parity with the previous tool and and then sometimes i realize it's beyond parity but <sighs> it's really exciting yeah, when it's really exciting when like getting to parity means adding an object to the database and like i just wrote a feature by adding some data you know like that's that's what i want to know yeah did the old summit have a function to simulate simulate an office party or a holiday party (laughs) or is that actually proof that you're beyond parity yeah, so I was tweeting about this. I I'm beyond parity, meaning you can add you can add recurring events, you can add one-time events, you can add events that are dependent on other events. And so for a silly example, um I said, you know what, let's have this startup try to raise money. That's an event. You know, here's when it's going to occur. It has a certain likelihood of success. If that event is successful, they're going to hire up. They're going to they're going to scale and hire you know more engineers, more salespeople, more whatever, and so there's more people on the team. But then I said, but also, you know, no matter what happens, this team is going to have some kind of end of year retreat, 
and um, I called it a holiday party, but put it in, I put it in mid-December. I said, this retreat is going to happen either way. And that retreat is, let's just say, $2,500 um, US per person to pay for airfare and hotel and, and all the activities and stuff. And the test was, you know, if the fundraise is successful, then the cost of that retreat is going to be different than if it's not because there's going to be more people on the team. Yeah. And that worked. Meaning, I was able to put that event into 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 the simulation as an event that was a hundred percent likelihood of happening. No dependencies. We're ju- we're just going to do it, right? And if the fundraise is successful, the event is more expensive, right? If it's not successful, it's yeah. less expensive. And that's just dynamic, dy- dynamic based on what unfolds. And I kind of call those emergent properties, where hmm. you know you can imagine adding an arbitrary number of these events and dependencies. And then, you know, what unfolds, a lot of times these things, they all affect one another. And that's what makes doing forecasting in Excel so darn difficult is there's so many dependencies and effects, second order effects, that most people don't bother doing scenarios in a spreadsheet. But at the same time, with a startup, like scenario planning and and dealing with uncertainty it's the name of the game, right? Like that's exactly what you're trying to figure out all the time is, you know, what if this happens or what if that happens? So I'm making it insanely easy to see many different versions of the future. And uh, the new code base is like, it's, it's insanely easy to implement that. And it's also very, very fast compared to the old. So I was, I love uh, it. Yeah. I actually ran a, I ran a 12 month forecast at the daily level, so simulating daily events in less than a second. Wow. Um, it was actually close to 300, I think 300 milliseconds is what it was. So, you know, and that's with all these arbitrary things, right? So we're, it's getting to the point where you could actually play with this thing in real time and just see what happens, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And then if you're a power user, you can say, look, I've got all this stuff loaded, all these uncertainties. Um, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee. Why don't you run a hundred times? And then I want data on like the sensitivities. Like it Mm. turns out that if this happens, this is way more likely to happen, right? You can start to actually mine your own, you know, future, if you will, (laughs) and say like what, you know, it's like playing, it's like um, playing a game, right? over and over and over and over again. It's like you play a, a thousand chess games, you start to see patterns, right? And so where this gets really exciting and where humans and kind of the human CFO is nowhere close to this is if we play out this business a thousand times, right? Um, do we start to see patterns where, you know, your your odds of, you know, a healthy profit margin are just way higher if you go down this path versus this one? And I think that's going to be the case because fundamentally, I believe that um, there are only so many solutions to this grand equation that you talked about. Like, there's only certain ones don't work at all, <laughs> like yeah. giving things away for free that cost money. You can't make it up in volume. Um, but e- even beyond that, there's it is a many variable equation, but there are certain solution sets to that equation. And I think... Yeah you can actually start to find them and realize, hey, Peter, you're you're like $100 a month off of this thing working 
like economically for you. If you just adjust that, everything kind of snaps into place. That's not a level of intelligence that we have right now in the startup community. Um, mm-hmm. But but I don't I don't see why we shouldn't. It's all just this kind of eh, let's try this, see what happens six months later. Let's try this, see what happens, and it's um it's kind of it's kind of insane. You know, we talked about in Slack how your job with the the simulator now is kind of to implement the rules of the universe, mm-hmm. and then kind of let. I mean, you as, as you said, like you can have nice UIs on top of that, but certain things aren't possible. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like if you burn more that than you earn, like eventually you you're gonna run out of money. That's just a rule of the universe. Yep. Um. Yeah. If you don't generate more lift than gravity, um, yeah, <laughs> it's not going to fly. And and it exactly. it's it's because it's just math, guys. It's it really is just math at the end of the day. But um, it's a lot of math, and nobody wants to do it all every time that they want to test something. So we we just we're just building. You know, they say we're building airplanes on the way down. That's like a common startup metaphor. What's sad is that all of our knowledge about aircraft design. And what works from a physics standpoint is still tribal knowledge. And so, yeah. you know, it's like, I'm going to try building an aircraft or airplane on the way down. And like, you're shouting to me, like from your, your free fall, like, you know, what size should the wings be? <laughs> and I'm like shouting back, like, well, it depends on, you know, how heavy the airplane is. And it's just, it's silly. <laughs> and, and once you get a CFO in and somebody that really understands finances and planning, you know, then you install this discipline. And, and I'm saying, you know, so much of that can be productized. So that's where I'm at. I'm obviously, I'm, I feel like I'm past a pretty big um, uh, point, like a, a risk uh, that this wasn't going to work. Yeah. Um, and I'm now completely convinced that this, this new version is the version of the future. And so uh, yeah, I, I just started burning boats uh, last week. I started deleting files out of this uh, <laughs> out of this branch, <laughs> saying, you know, I don't need any of this. And um, as I've been talking, you know, it's way smaller and um, really fast and very, very. It's the right level of abstraction, right? Like I, I was, I think the rewrite. I just harp on that for like one more second. I think I, I was talking to a relative um, this past week over FaceTime and he was like, you know, wow, you, you actually embarked on like a, a rewrite. Like <laughs> he had like the typical skepticism and he's like, isn't that going to take a long time? I'm like, no, it's kind of like when you take out, like you have a blueprint of a house, the house you want to build. And it's got all these like pencil marks and erasers on it and like smudges and, you know, drawings and scribbles that you didn't end up needing. Like you have this mess and then like somebody shows that to you and says, okay, here's a blank piece of paper. Like you can draw that version of the house way faster than the first time. And in yeah. fact, because you know <laughs> that you're going to end up putting a, uh, you know, a shed in the back, you can, you can create a path to that shed in the first version, right? Like you, you know what you're building and yeah. um, it is, it, maybe it's something that I wish more founders could do because I'm sure many of us get to this point where we're like, Hey, people are finally buying the thing. Cause I have the version that they were looking for, but you know, now they're paying for it. And I, I can't, I can't stop and rewrite it. I, I know that it has all these problems, but you know, I guess we're gonna have to wait, uh, one day maybe. So, um, yeah, yeah. So that's, 
that's how it's been. Nice. Sounds like a sounds like a open heart surgery a bit, but uh, sounds like it might be worth it with all the the progress. Yeah, I think I I don't know if this is going to be lost in a lot of folks, but like, did you see Iron Man the movies? <laughs> I'll tell you the story if not. Okay. In the in the Iron Man movies, the 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 inventor Tony Stark like built his first Iron Man suit like in a cave somewhere with like a bunch of spare parts and metal and whatever and like you know, it was good enough for him to escape the cave like and survive and get away from the bad guys, right? <laughs> but like the second version, he didn't like take that suit and like refactor it. He he built a completely new suit knowing what he knew. And it was, you know, a hundred times better than the first one. Um, and actually, for folks that don't watch Marvel movies, uh, David Hanemeyer Hansen has an incredible talk about rewriting Basecamp twice. That's available um, through Business of Software, and we'll put it in the show notes. But he argues for why rewrites make sense, and even why rewrites make sense over refactoring. And it was really. You know, obviously, by the time I listened to that, I was already convinced that I was I was doing the right thing. But yeah. it was um, really compelling. I, I would encourage folks to to check it out. Nice, good recommendation. I think I watched those. So, yeah. uh, maybe in a, a podcast or something like that. But yeah, I, they're pretty opinionated about that. For sure. So I think we actually... We, did we ask the world for questions before we started this episode? We uh, we did two minutes before we started recording, um, <laughs> so we do have two questions. I think maybe we should just answer one of them, okay. um, because it's a great opportunity to mention Ben Arnstein. And I'm not have we mentioned Ben before on this podcast? Not sure. Not in the last month. <laughs> We've mentioned his startup a lot. <laughs> yeah, true. Ben asks. By which month we expect to hit 10k MRR? I'll answer it first, and then I'll I'll let you answer. Okay. Um. So I expect to that it'll take longer than it took Tuple. <laughs> <laughs> um. It's I I don't know is the answer, but I think kind of like the way I think about it is, I, for me, 10k is not the important number. Um, I think 10K for a lot of bootstrappers is the important number because it shows them it's kind of like, you know, you could quit your job and, and work full time on this thing. Um, for me, I I've, I feel like with Branch, like be, way before I hit 10K, I know if I'm building the right thing or not. And the thing I care most about is first order of business is product user fit and then product market fit. But I, I, for me, like 10 K is kind of like, it's not that important. I think once I hit, you know, one K or two K with branch, which I'm, I'm, I'm for, so with me for branch right now, and I think it's the same for you with summit, like with the customers, my, with my dream customers that I'm trying to build for, like I'm essentially pre revenue. So I don't really care that much about the revenue I have for branch right now, except like it, it helps a tiny bit with the runway, uh, but very tiny. (laughs) 
So I think of it as pre-revenue. Um, and I think the way I think about Branch and the way I think about the path of Branch that, and this is something I, I've talked to Rob about when I joined Tiny Seed, is that I think with the market um, that Branch is in and kind of like the nature of of that market and the size of it, once I crack the code, I think it's going to go pretty fast. And I think the time between like the different milestones that people care about in the beginning is, is going to be very, is going to be very short. Like once I hit the first one, if that makes sense. Yep. yep. Um, so that was a bit of a vague answer, but that's kind of like how I think about it. Yeah. It, it's a little bit more of a, I'm building a rocket. And so when I get to 10,000 feet will be partially depend on the angle of ascent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like until I launch the thing, it's launched, but until I crack the code of like, what's it going to take to thrust this thing off the landing pad, a launch pad, it's kind of, you know, I don't know. It's going to be some number of seconds after launch. <laughs> I'm not going to get to 10,000 feet by just continuing like building the rocket and making it longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, exactly. Like you're not ratcheting your way up into space. Um, so I'm at 40 feet now. So I guess by month. <laughs> yeah. At this rate, um, I'll be 63 years old. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's no, it's not a continuous function in that sense. Nope. Um, and I'm in a very similar place. I will say that I've got willingness to pay that's easily in the few hundred dollars per month figured out. And I think I'm actually, um, I'm also aware that I have some customers that would pay, you know, as little as 50. I'm sure they'd pay less if, uh, if they could, but I think 50 is in the low end. So, um, and, and there's really, and there's a, there's an enterprise version of a business that does something similar to what I'm doing and they're making billions of dollars a year. So in, in some sense, it's like I need, you know, I'll hit 10 K a month. Once I have somewhere between, you know, 50 and a hundred customers or less, you know, maybe I'll hit it when I have 10. I, I don't know because I don't have all the pricing figured out yet. Uh, but I do know this, I know where I can get those customers and I did the math because I'm the summit guy. Um, all my current volumes and my current conversion rates, just spitballing. You know, it would take me easily over 12 months to get to 10K a month in revenue if I just organically grew the thing kind of the way I've been doing podcasting and writing articles and tweeting and all that. Um, it would take well over 12 months. So for me, I've been, when I'm not building products, I've been working on partnerships, which... It, um, opened me up to literally thousands of leads at a time. And those partners are in multiple cases just waiting for me to finish the next version of the product <laughs> um, yeah. to really launch. And so I I'm sitting here going, if the product is right, and that's why I'm working on this one, um, there are more than 5,000 companies that I can address and reach within 12 months. Um, and some number of those will convert. And if, if, I mean, if 1% convert, I'm at 10 K. Right. Um, yeah, but the product has to be right for those folks to convert. So I think most of the risk of getting to 10 K all of it right now is, is the product, the right product for the market. 
and for the user. And very little of it is um, willingness to pay or distribution. So I am, I'm basically figuring out that product part. And once I do, let's say I do, then I think I'll be a 10 K very quickly. Like you said, I mean, it's uh could be, should be a matter of months after those puzzle pieces go into place. Um, yeah. And then hopefully very, very quickly past that number um, shortly after. So I'd say, yeah, it sounds like we're both pursuing less, less linear, less incremental revenue growth is our, is our I, goal. I, I almost want to say like the worst case scenario for me with branch would be to hit 3k and then plateau <laughs> yes yeah um because then it like with the kind of tool that branches like it would almost be a liability to me mm. so like i i actually like the rocket metaphor even though it's like very not kind of like the vibe you get in this community that we see ourselves in a lot of the time yeah but i i think it actually i really care about how you know the 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 growth rate and the potential before i launch like i i or i it's not like i haven't launched but like i need to figure out the fundamentals and figure out if it works and then i think if it works it should it should grow pretty fast actually um otherwise it's the wrong thing yeah And, and i have 18 months of runway at this point even with no revenue and yeah. what I'm trying to build is not to get to that, get to, yeah, I know Ben just threw out a number, but like for the sake of, of conversation, my goal is not to get to that number by then. My goal is to, you know, rocket past that number as quickly, as soon as possible. Right. And I think um, if I don't, then I'm not super interested in this business. Like it's no. not, it's not interesting to me if it's just doing, two then three then five then seven then 10k a month like if i'm doing 10k a month and growing you know at less than at less than a hundred percent per year (laughs) um i'm it's not it's not a success for me yeah 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 i I feel the same way yeah so that's that good question because you you put a lot of time up front <laughs> yeah so uh you kind of need to make up for that eventually yeah and there's other ways to measure value than revenue it, honestly if it's let's put it this way if it's not growing revenues very quickly but you know its traction is growing quickly or something else maybe there's a world where that's interesting um but um i'm not I'm not in this for a slow growth business from a revenue standpoint. So I hope to unlock that soon. Awesome. We, uh, we kind of owe two answers to my buddy, Simon from Snapshooter. Um, hey, Simon. He's, he's, he's asked two questions uh, for the last two episodes and uh, I want to answer them eventually. Um, but Simon actually just quit his job uh, to go full time on his business Um. And one of his questions were actually related to that. Um, but I kind of want to mention it here and say huge congrats. It's a, it's a big, it's a big step. Uh, he has two small kids and 
and uh, he's he quit his job and now he's doing Snapshot a full time. And I'm a very happy customer. Cool. At uh, with Branch, we do our database backups with uh, with Snapshooter. Yeah, so Snapshooter.io. Keep your servers exactly. safe with backups for DigitalOcean. Yep, and uh, I think he's even moving away from DigitalOcean, or not moving away, but moving beyond. Mm. So mm-hmm. they do um, just database backups as well. What I do is the snapshots from DigitalOcean, but he also do more traditional kind of like um, MySQL. Not sure about Postgres. Um, database updates and uh yeah i've been a a happy customer and i wish simon all the best and i i hope i encourage our listeners to check him out if they need backups which i hope they they do if they don't have it cool that's great Yeah. yeah definitely let's answer his questions in the next episode awesome well let's uh call it episode 50 all right uh, talk to you next week of course thank you same (laughs) bye bye